Kentucky Roll Call podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. Folks, the March sadness, it's over. But now, it's my favorite time of the year. It's derby season. And Cornbread Hemp, they've got you covered for all of this month's festivities. Your pet not ready for Thunder Over Louisville? Try the CBD oil for pets. Anxious to host a few family and friends in town? Well, maybe try some of that full-spectrum CBD capsules before bed. Feet a little sore from a long day of walking around the paddock and infield? Well, just rub some CBD oil on those tired legs. Last but not least, you're probably going to suck down one too many mint juleps. That's where the extra strength CBD gummies really hit the spot on the first Sunday in May. Just use the promo code BIGX at cornbreadhemp.com and you'll save 30% off at checkout. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Happy Derby from our friends at Cornbread Hemp. Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, cats, cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's going to throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. May 2nd, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X. Radio. 96, 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. Um, excelente. It's a beautiful morning, uh, in the south, in the south side of Louisville. We are stone's throw away from Churchill Downs, not a cloud in the sky. Sun's shining, birds chirping. There's a nice, cool, brisk field there. Feels like Derby week. And frankly, I just, I couldn't be happier right now. I'm on cloud nine. I'm walking on sunshine because like you said, it's the most wonderful week of the year. And we really kicked it off with a great weekend, not only weather wise, but also, just a lot of derby festivities around town. It's a great way to get fired up for the fastest two minutes in sports. Justin Kalen, you went out to Churchill Downs last year during Derby Week for Oaks. Are you pumped up this year for Derby Week? You'll be out there doing some radio shows. I don't know if you'll be in attendance for Churchill Downs, but but how how are you feeling this week? Yeah, I, I'm good. Uh, last year was fun not having to do on-site producing and all that and be an actor being able to actually go um, but i am excited to get back to the the swing of things the way we had done things pre-covid uh where i'll be the on-site producer so basically i'll just be there all week 
Um, that for me, that's that's just so much more fun of a week, and I'm I'm really excited to be back in the media center, up in the grandstands, watching the race. I too am really excited for this week. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. The weather looks okay some days. Chances of rain some other days. I don't think temperatures are going to be too big of an issue though. So that's 70, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about it being too hot. Don't have to worry about it being in like the highs in the upper 40s or low 50s. So temperature not going to be an issue. Just going to have our fingers crossed that we avoid the rain this week. And Derby Festival is a big weekend for that this past weekend. A lot of events, a lot of fun stuff. We'll talk about that. More to come this week, even away from the racetrack as the week goes on. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Nick, one of the big things for you is the mini marathon. Mm -hmm. I saw that you were hanging out with a couple of Forrest Gumps over the weekend. Oh, man. that Those, those two were funny. Uh, they were They were very funny. We had... Uh, a, a couple of buddies who each dressed as Forrest Gump. One was uh, the running version with the big beard and the short shorts um, and the have a nice day shirt on. And the other one was dressed in a full suit and those Nike running shoes. And he was holding a box of chocolates. And it was very funny because because uh, <laughs> the running guy was not only in better running shape, but he also was very in character. So, you know, we were like, so I, I don't know how it got brought up, but he's like, yeah, I'm, I've, I've been running for, and he knew how many days that Forrest had been running and all that stuff. So he was, he was really playing it up. Um, you know, like, this is pretty easy. I've been going for four, uh, 36 days and <laughs> he did so that was good. Uh, and, and his buddy was, uh, obviously it was, it was hot running in a suit. You could see the sweat coming through his back. Um, when they stopped to chug a beer, they were like, wow, this was a horrific decision. Why did we do this? Uh, and it was even better seeing them the second time around. So we're, we're at a point on the route where you you get them on the way out and you get them on the way back. It's about two miles in and two miles to go uh, sort of deal. And on the way back, we, we the, the the running forest showed up and the, the suit guy was nowhere to be found. He's like, I'm in better shape than him, but I'm also not in a full suit. It's like, yeah, yeah, that, that might make uh, a little bit of a difference. But it was a fun time. It, th there was a lighter crowd, I think, both in runners and also in our tailgating crew. We had a lot of guys who had out-of-town work trips. Ugh, gross. So it wasn't as rowdy, but it was still a, a good time. Um, Duke enjoyed himself, although he, he, was, he was a little too intimidated to give out high fives of the runners. He would cheer them on. He would wave. But he, he, he wasn't ready to give out high fives. But um, got his first crack at it, and uh, we had a good time. It was, it, was, it was a nice way to to really get in the spirit. To hear, it was a beautiful weather day for it. Uh, interesting that it wasn't as many people. I would have thought that pandemic kind of over, feels over, and everybody would want to get back into to the groove of things. But... Uh, all right. Well, maybe that's a. I wonder if that will be any indication of what to expect this week. Yeah, and I, I, it also could be a thing too, where that's the one that requires physical exercise. So maybe some people are like, "Dude, I'm not. I ran all through the pandemic. I'm not running anymore. Like, screw this." So th that that could be it as well. Um, I mean, could be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, could be. At least what I hope. Did you go to the balloon glow? We did not go to the balloon glow. That was. Um, I, I wanted to because it didn't be a nice night, but the, we had all the cats getting drafted that night. So I was I was locked in my computer for most of the night. But we did do the Pegasus Parade on uh, yeah, Sunday, yesterday. And that was 
I hadn't done, I, I was trying to think back. I mean, I hadn't been since I was a kid. And even though like you, you think of, uh, Oh, the parade, like parades are one of the first things that you just feel like you're over with once you grow up, like you're way too cool for parade pretty quickly. And honestly, I was disappointed because it was, it was too windy for them to have the big balloons out. And I was very much looking forward to seeing the big Pegasus floating around there because it's also another thing too that you're going to appreciate much more in person than you are just by watching on television. You've seen that a thousand times, but it's a lot more fun in person. And uh, we took Duke down there, and he did well. He lasted about two hours. We saw most of it before uh, it wrapped up. It, I was just astonished by the amount of stuff that people were able to sell down there. That's just straight junk, you know. Five dollars for a cotton candy. What did that cost you? Thirty cents to make. I mean, that is some great returns on the cotton candy industry and people were just buying like three and four at a time so tj next year we got to get in the cotton candy game and 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 make us a fortune down at the pegasus parade yeah i went through on one side as a kid but not looking forward to it on the other side as a parent because i was very much captivated by the junk people would be selling oh yeah you, you'd see like a light up like just like spinny twirly or something like that it'd be like twelve dollars <laughs> And that was back in 1999 or 2001. So now I bet the inflation's got that bad boy up to like $19. And it just, it'd light up and you'd spin it around and then you'd play with it for the day and then you'd put it in the side of your room and you'd never see it again. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a good reminder. Maybe next year we get into the cotton candy business and mm -hmm. we, make, we make a killing. Yeah, first time that they're doing this on a Sunday. Yes, which were, is a great they idea. nervous about how it was going to go. I don't know why they held it in the middle of a work day. I mean, I know it's Derby week and people are doing relatively less things, but if you wanted to take your kid to the Pegasus parade at three, or I think it was, it was like three or four o'clock, hell, some of them aren't even out of school yet. you know, so um, I thought it was a, a good idea. It was well executed for the most part. I thought it was funny that Andy Bashir got more applause than Mayor Fisher did, um, which, you know, uh, of course he did, but just kind of funny. Um, and, but all in all, I forgot how awesome some of that stuff is. Like the the the, the Cozair Shriners in their their little cars that are sound like they're muscle cars. Um, the point the some of the people I felt really bad for. There was the the Wong's martial arts people. They they do a lot of advertising around town. They're big on here's an after school program where we'll pick your kids up from school and then you can come get them from us afterwards they had people doing the uh i mean they were just high kicking for miles just walking down and they were doing uh I, I don't know what the pc term is but like an indian run where it's just kind of going in order running in circles uh back in one up after the other just high kicking for miles between them and the 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 the, the groups of kids that were dancing and stuff there was one time where <laughs> it was towards the end and you know it's getting a little hot out there and you hear the music cue when they're supposed to start dancing. And you could visibly see this girl in the back roll her eyes. And she's just like, oh, God, not again. <laughs> I, felt, I felt bad for some of them. The people who had it made were the ones just sitting on the fire trucks waving. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the easy job. E Ethan the dog um, was there. He was a good boy in a convertible, uh, old, a new Corvette. So it was, uh, it was a good time. Good time down at the Pegasus break. I've always thought they should move the parade and just do it like where they do the St. Patrick's parade and just go up in the Highlands. 
Um, I think it's mostly just for crowd control purposes because you do have a little bit more wiggle room downtown and streets are much wider. Um, so I, I, I get it. And, uh, afterwards we, uh, we parked a couple blocks South of where the parade was on Broadway and we saw a brewery by Spalding, uh, noble funk is what it's called. And it was a really nice area. You know, we stopped and had a drink and kind of hung out outside because it was such a nice day. And I think that's a, a big, like that's what downtown needs right now. They need the derby festivities for people to go out and about, mingle, meander, and say, "Oh, I didn't know this was here." That, that brewery been open five weeks, so you know, help, helping draw some eyeballs to to businesses like that, I think, is a good thing. Well, glad you had a good time. Glad the new date went went well. Yeah, I agree with you. Need to probably get it off the the weekday, middle of the day, sort of stuff. Justin, uh, uh, we let Roush go talk about his weekend. How was golf this week? Um, it was pretty rough. If we're being honest, it was pretty rough. The driver was the only thing working, so so it could have been a better weekend. But I also got to go over to my grandma's and help her. Um, we're building an addition on their house, so that was nice being around Ooh. some of the family while working. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good weekend. I didn't golf as much as I would have liked, but you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. I was able to play on Saturday. Did not. I think I shot like a ninety-eight or something like that. I'm, I'm bogey golf. Generally, always my goal. I'm probably a stroke behind it right now, unfortunately. But I know where I'm. It's just all around. It's all chipping, Justin. It's all around the green. Yeah. I'm driving the ball great. My approach shots are not great, but they've never really been a great. So I'm still getting around the green on the approach shots, and then just need to be able to chip and get up and down. But it seems like a miracle for me right now to get up and down. But that's fine. I'll figure it out, or I won't. But weather is nice, fun to hang out, good group, uh, and we need to we need to get out there and get the KRC boys on the on the sticks here soon enough. We do, yeah, we do. I bet I, I bet that wind yesterday would have been gnarly. He probably had some golf shots just start in the middle and end up in two fairway or two <laughs> two fairways over. Yeah, Saturday it was if it was at your back, you loved it. If it was in your face, you were thinking about different clubs to hit part of the elements but uh yeah you couldn't I, I don't know if we'll have a better weather weekend the entire year than we had this past weekend maybe slightly windy but all things considered it was gorgeous and we ended you on friday by saying well by saying this Here, here's what we said in friday's show everybody have a great weekend be safe uh i don't expect any big time uk news this weekend but i guess you really never know in the in the <laughs> world of kentucky well, the show ended, and like two hours later, we had major UK news. KRC curse in full swing, Nick Roush. We knew that the draft and stuff like that, and we are going to talk about the draft today. Right. Uh, but regarding UK basketball, I thought it was going to be a quiet weekend. I thought that Jay Lucas had already turned down the Duke job, but as it turns <laughs> out, Duke came back. And I think when Jay came back to UK, I think UK said, eh, okay. Like this is twice now. You clearly kind of want to be at Duke. Go ahead and go on over to Duke. And he did. He did. And that's what we got to deal with this weekend, Roush. It seems like all of us, Scoots doesn't give a, a poop. We know that. But it seems like all of us didn't let it ruin our weekend by any stretch of the imagination. But not good. Not no. good. Well, and I, I, I had the moment, too, where I, I was um, 
since I was working off Friday night, I kind of had some time to get some errands done and maybe catch up on 30, 45 minutes of sleep. And I woke up from my power nap and was like, wait, I, didn't I write that Jay Lucas is turned down to like just the other day? I was, I was very confused uh, by it all. But as you said, TJ, it sounds like he was just ready to get on the move uh, and, and get out the door. Um, Maybe there was some some contract negotiation holdups. Maybe that was part of the the back and forth where he was trying to Jay was trying to play hardball with Duke. Um, but the 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 part of it that uh, was even weirder was Cal Perry issuing a statement saying, you know, I fully support Jay, which I guess you'd want to hear, but. I don't know. It's one of those things, too, where we don't have much to go off of, so we're just going to pick apart a statement. So why don't I just go ahead and read it in full, TJ, because I'm sure that we're going to break it down to an extent. Sure. Uh, but Cal, Cal tweeted out, Yesterday, Jay informed me he was taking a promotion at another school. I swear. And when he told me Duke, he expected me to be mad. I support what he thinks is best for his family. He's been loyal, terrific on the road, and great for our players. And I want what's best for him, so I'm good with it. I am not surprised that there was interest in Jay because there is always interest in our staff. This year, all of our assistants have been approached about other opportunities. When you have a great staff, that's what happens. So, yeah, and, and, and Cal taking the high road is no big surprise, in my opinion. Um, I, I do still get like a little bit of a tone of whatever. You know, you want to go to Duke, go to Duke. But I, I, I didn't – that statement didn't do a ton for me, even reading it in real time. There was um, the, I, I mean, I, I guess with some of it were, especially the like, he expected me to be mad. I would always expect your boss to be kind of mad when you're going elsewhere. So I didn't read too much into that. The weird part is talking about a promotion at another, like, even though he might be getting a role that is like the, the title's a little bit sexier. And the, you know, it, it, it might in theory be a promotion. I just don't like referring because really what a lot of this is about, you're going to find somebody who can be a good recruiter to help you get good players on campus. Like th that's a replaceable job. It's Jay, Jay Lucas was not the only person that can recruit good basketball players in Kentucky, but it's the, the optics of losing to Duke. And then you call it a promotion. Like Kentucky fans are just fed up with losing stuff to Duke. And, and I also hate that. Hell, we even call him a rival, and it's it's not really a, a rival. We never play him. We just compete for the same talent, and you're losing some of that coaching talent to Duke. And it's just, it's kind of weird to to hear Calipari describe that as a promotion, even though that is probably the easiest way to to spin it. Well, isn't he going to be like the assistant head coach at Duke or something like that, or isn't he going to get that title? Maybe that that associate head coach. Oh, yeah. that, that I don't know because. I did try to get um, try, I tried to get that out of sight, out of mind, you know, because that that was that was one of the bummers of the weekend that I'd rather not think about, you know. So yeah, it's Derby Week. Don't don't get me down with Jay Lucas talk. Yeah, understandably so. I was I was in a similar boat. I I thought uh, I th I thought maybe maybe I'm making that up. I thought he was the, the, no, a different. The, the ESPN headline just said as assistant men's basketball coach, but I don't. They haven't gotten. They just well, said team. as an assistant coach. Duke they will probably announce it today or in right. sometime this week. They'll probably announce it, and we'll get the details of that. I, I first and foremost, I don't, 
blame Jay, and we're going to talk about the the speculation and the rumors that he left because he wants more freedom. Uh, just a spoiler alert: I'm not buying that. I, I don't even know what that means necessarily. Ooh, I can tell you what it means, but we're, we're, I we're I'm, we're going to get into that. Okay, and okay. we're gonna. I I feel like I know what you're probably going to say, and I've got something ready to come back to that. But right. regardless, I don't blame Jay because one. I like him, and I, I wish him well. I'd hate that he's going to Duke. Uh, I think he'll realize how weird that place is pretty quickly on. But um, now he's going to be somebody that played college basketball just a little over a decade ago. He's been an assistant at Texas. He's been an assistant at Kentucky, and now he's been an assistant at Duke. That's a that's a that's a resume saying, "Hey, when I'm a head coach, I ain't taking over a mid major. When I'm a head coach, I'm taking over a big job." Mm-hmm. A good job, yeah. a job that I'm ready to succeed in from day one because you don't have assistant coaches that have the resume that, that Jay has. So no. I don't blame him for wanting to check another box and be like, listen, I've been one of the top assistants at this Blue Blood, this Blue Blood, Texas, Texas is a good program. Yeah. I don't blame him for resume building. And there's also some people that just are people that like to bounce around a little bit. Um, maybe, he, maybe he's that, maybe he's not that, but it seemed like maybe he is because he's been – several places in the in hand in just the course of a few years. So don't blame him in the slightest for doing that. Now I do think I was I was pretty bothered by it on Friday. It's probably good that we had done we were finished with the radio for the day because I'd gotten time to kind of process it, think about it a little bit more. I didn't blame the overly negative fan reaction because in the in the inter, in the intermediate I could see how bad of a look this is. And it is a bad look. And I think I, I would go as far as saying this is the most troublesome thing that's happened in UK basketball in the last two to three years. And maybe you can make a case, maybe the entire Calipari era. Uh, a bad season can happen. It was coming mm-hmm. off COVID. I know people are like, don't make excuses. Well, for a team that was playing as many freshmen that they were playing, uh, it's just true. Not having a summer to really get together, that's going to hurt a team of freshmen. They well, missed and- on bar. They missed on the point guard position that year too. That's a mistake. It shouldn't happen, but it did in this instance. And then they had injuries, so it was a terrible season. They come back, much better season, much better constructed team. But March Madness bites you in the ass yeah. because that's what March Madness can do. First time happened. in twelve years, you got a upset in the first round. Like exactly, Calipari's yeah. first round, first time losing in the first round at Kentucky. Um, a team that we all thought could win the national championship, a team that nationally was a very popular national title pick. They get upended. It's a tournament game. I can I, I can't excuse a tournament loss per se, but you can understand it. And yeah. people that understand basketball do understand that. This is different just because it it feels like whether you believe it's valid or invalid, there is writing on the wall. Could just be graffiti from a bunch of whiny losers, or it could be legitimate. There's this is this is the first I think writing on the wall where I think everybody needs to at least go check and see what it means. And I don't know exactly what it means. We'll see who Calipari mm-hmm. hires back. Maybe it's written in pencil and you can relate. You can erase it. But this is the most concerning thing to me because the other stuff I can excuse it away pretty easily. This one can't be excused away so much because. It's Kentucky. Cool. You should be able to outpay Duke for an assistant. I still think – I think money probably wasn't a huge factor in this. I right. think maybe title 
and then what people are saying in terms of recruiting flexibility. But let's take our first break, Roush, and then you can come back and tell me what you're hearing, and we can continue this back and forth. I think the biggest concern, the, the reason why it's a concern, is if you just look it on the face and you say, Occam's razor, it's it's a, one of our favorite terms. The simplest solution would be that it's just because he wants to get off a sinking ship, right? Like that's your... Things aren't going as well at Kentucky. They're going well at Duke, even though they've got a new coach. They don't have Coach K anymore. And I think that's why folks are worried, and rightfully so. He wouldn't. He knows the program better than us, and it looks like he wants to get out. So I, I think folks are justifiably concerned. All right. You definitely didn't step over the radio tees there at all. Let's go to a break. We'll come back. We'll <laughs> talk more about what Roush just said. Way to go, buddy. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Caleb. We'll be back after this. Well, my Giants fans out. Make some noise. Oh, boy. That's right. Here's Merrill. We're out here. Love it. Love Merrill. Hilarious. With the 43rd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Football Giants select Wandale Robinson, wide receiver from Kentucky. Let's go. With the 46th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Josh Pascal, defensive end, University of Kentucky. This is a darn good player at Kentucky. Use him on the edge and also let him go inside. Charles, I know one of your favorite players in the whole draft. Yeah, I pounded the table for him. He's come, he's come back from cancer, a three-time captain. He has all the thing you say there, the heavy hands, inside, outside. I like your comparison, Boogie Basham. That's a perfect comparison. But the character and what he's going to bring to that locker room, he's going to be a 10-year player in that league, and he's going to play well. How about that? You get Keegan-Michael Key, Roush, announcing mm-hmm. the Lions pick of Josh Pascal. I did not appreciate your tweet pointing out that now three UK guys in the NFC North are going to be coming after Aaron Rodgers' neck. I don't like it. I don't love it. Uh, I do love it for Josh, though. That, that was a good spot for him to go, um, not necessarily to the Lions, but he's going to make a lot of money as an NFL football player, and I love that mm-hmm. for him. Uh, you, you can make a case he's as inspirational of a UK football player that saw as much action as he did in our lifetimes. He is a he's the man. So happy for him. Happy he got picked and don't love that he'll be in Detroit. But hey, probably a good chance to get some playing time, get out there on the on the field at a early on, earlier on his career than if he went to a maybe a title contending team. And we'll wish him the best. I'm sure he'll do great there. Yeah, he uh I spoke with to him, ugh, spoke with him Saturday, and it was just funny hearing his, uh, what the weight was like because the whole time you you want to have your phone at the ready in case it happens, but you're also getting blown up with people telling you like good luck and all this stuff. So every time that phone buzzes, you think, oh my gosh, is this is this it? And and it's just you know your your dumb idiot friend uh texting you like oh good job you know so that has to be a a fun exciting stressful time he wore a baby blue jumpsuit or sweatsuit and and it turned out to be uh fortuitous so very happy for josh um he's he's going to be sharing uh a, a a room with their number two overall pick aiden hutchinson so he's got some uh competition 
but uh, also it just shows they're they're really investing in the defense there on Dan Campbell's team. Um, Stenberg was working out with him leading up into the process. So uh, uh, and and he he had nothing but good things to say about the line. So hell, he might be going up against him some in practice now. Uh, so very very happy for Josh to, to see him sky high all the way up to number 46 overall there was a time where people didn't see him going past the third round he ends up getting the top half of the second so uh very happy to 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 see josh pascal's nfl dreams come true we'll we'll circle back talk more about the draft here in a little bit we're going to continue the uk basketball and and coaching debate but when talking UK basketball, I can't help but get hungry thinking about some Salsaritas, Roush. It is Derby Week. Mm-hmm. People yes. are heading out to the track. They're hosting their own parties. Let Salsaritas help you out. No party too big. No party too small for Salsaritas. They're going to be busy this week. So I would suggest using the app as soon as possible. Download your catering order. Pick the day. You can do it same day in some regards, depending on how big the order is. But I would I would try to do it a few days in advance if possible. Get it planned out. You can do it from all of the touch of your fingers on your phone. Don't have to chat with anybody if you don't want to. But the number is available there, too. If you've got some questions or, hey, we want to know if you can do this, the answer probably will be yes. Salsarita is super accommodating, super delicious, and you'll be the superhero of your party. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Check them out today. It is Derby Week and Cinco de Mayo Week. It is a good mm-hmm. time to get some Salsarita stocks for sure. Okay, Roush, you said that the rats are leaving the ship and Jay Lucas is the biggest rat. Was that what you said? Uh, not uh, forbade uh, but it was very close. Um, that that's the That's the surface level easy take to have when a guy's leaving. Uh, under his own volition. I know we had Tony Barbie and Joel Justice leave a year ago, but they were kind of kicked out the door. You know, this was a case where a guy did just dip out. Um, and it makes you wonder is he leaving because he sees a sinking ship and he wants to get off before it's at the bottom of the lake? Yeah, it's, it's, a fair. I mean, I, I think it's a bit extreme, but I, I think there's probably at least enough to it, as I mentioned the writing on the wall bit there to, in the first segment. I think there's enough to it where it at least needs to, to be addressed. No, I don't think that that's the case in this scenario because I think in reality he just wants to have the ultimate resume. And whether you say, hey, I was at Kentucky from 2018, 2019, or I guess 2019, whatever it was, to 2022 – looks better to say Kentucky 2019 to 2022, Duke 23 to 25 instead of Kentucky 2019 to 25 uh, when he's trying to get that next head coaching job. And hell, who's to say he doesn't crush it at Duke for a couple of years? Calipari hangs it up and maybe UK fans consider him. I don't think he'd be option numero uno, but up and coming name, young, great recruiter, uh, something to keep it on. So don't, don't don't burn your Jay Lucas bridges just yet. You don't know if you may end up needing them. It hurts to lose anybody to Duke. It hurts to lose to recruit, especially with kind of the state of the program. It certainly hurts to lose an assistant coach. But I still like Jay. Uh, I hope that he loses every game and never lands a recruit during his time at Duke. But if he were to leave and go somewhere else, I'll, I'll be a, a big fan of him where he ends up, wherever it may be. Great KRC uh, guest, too. He was great on the show, fun chatting with him, disappointing. He decided just to stab us in the back and go to do There's a couple things. There's a couple things. I've mentioned it for a couple months now, but we have got to stop letting Duke hold power over us or 
let them be any sort of exception to our brain, I guess, or have access to be able to occupy space in our brain would be a better way to phrase that. Uh, because Louisville does that with Kentucky. And look how big of a mess that they've been in. When you fixate on a program instead of focusing on yourself, you're not going to get – then maybe that applies to life. I don't know. I'm not Dr. Phil. But you're not going to end up getting the results that you want. Instead, you're chasing the carrot, and you're not really bettering yourself overall as a program. UK and UK fans have the belief and understanding that Kentucky should be the top basketball program. I believe it. Hopefully the people listening believe it. I would imagine Roush believes it as well. Kentucky fans don't take being second to anybody particularly well. And I will say, even I'm telling folks not to get so fixated on Duke, but allow me to say that, especially not to Duke. And there's truth to that. But it'd be the same way with Louisville. It'd be the same way with, it is the same way with Kansas. UK fans don't like being second to anybody. And the fact that Duke has had UK's number over the last few years, whether on the court or in recruiting as well, that stinks. That's that's not a feeling that we like as Kentucky fans. We, we think that we should have the program high ground over every other program in the country. And we've had to do some self-reflection and admit that we're not we're not in the number one program right now. And, you know, I'm sure you could get some whiny UK fans. Number one, we're not even close to number five. Uh, you know, where you want to have it in the pecking order, we're splitting hairs. But the reality is Kentucky's not at the top. So we all want to get back to that top. And what and, and that means surpassing Duke again, but it also means surpassing any other programs that you may perceive to be ahead of Kentucky right now. And then it comes back to the question is, do you believe John Calipari can be the coach to get Kentucky back to that top spot? And I've always said yes. That's no surprise to anybody that's listened to more than one Kentucky roll call. I've always said yes. I've always had faith in believing it. But I will fully admit when you're trying to close a gap, Nick Roush, and you lose one of your top assistants, I think Jay Lucas is the number three assistant in the John Calipari era at Kentucky. Kenny Payne one, Orlando Antigua two. Jay Lucas, I think, is number three in terms of you're just talking about quality of assistant. And hell, if he would have been at Kentucky longer, maybe he could have worked his way up to number two. I, I wouldn't doubt that. Maybe even number one if given enough time. I don't think that's totally impossible either. So when you're trying to close this gap, and that's what I've been trying to preach, at least to some degree, that like, folks, I get the frustration. UK is going to have a top five team next year. Let's all just try to remember as we kind of go through these ebbs and flows, and I get it, everything's not perfect. Look at the light at the end of the tunnel, and that's another really good team, which should lead to another really fun season. Yes, hopefully one that doesn't end with a first-round loss. Everybody's on the same page with, with you. Nobody enjoyed that. So – Seems like it's widening. The gap is widening, Roush, not closing. And that's got people all worked up, and understandably so. Is the widening of this gap, at least from a perception standpoint, instead of Kentucky gaining ground on Duke. Again, it's not so much a Duke thing to me. It's more of I just don't want anybody to be better than Kentucky. And if a team is constantly kind of taking players that you want from the recruiting ranks, and now they just took one of your top assistants, that's not good. So this is a big this is a big couple of weeks for Calipari. Who they bring in as an assistant coach, you could theoretically bring in somebody better than Jay. I would be surprised if that were the case, but it's not impossible. It's not like Jay was the best assistant coach in college basketball. So you have a chance to maybe redeem yourself. Not maybe, you got to. You got to make it a good hire. 
whether it's better or Jay than not, I don't know, but it probably needs to at least be a conversation. You can't make it a Cal's old buddy. Hire. No, it can't be like an old poker friend. You right. can't do that. You right. can't, you, you've done enough of those. Kentucky fans have been patient with that. It hasn't really worked out for you when you've done it. So can't do that one again. It's got to be a big hire, um, and it's got to be an important hire. And honestly, we probably need to just kind of discuss more of this situation instead of talking about replacements so much because we'll have plenty of time to talk replacements. But I think it's a good I, – I, I bet Cal would not do this. I'd almost guarantee that he would not. I think when you've got two good assistants that you like and Chin in Orlando and they seem like they're good recruiters, they do a good job with pretty much everything in, in terms of being an assistant coach. With that third hire, I think it really does allow you – I'm not saying just hire somebody's parent, but I do think you can get creative in saying, hey, this assistant coach will help land this player. It doesn't have to be a guardian or it doesn't have to – I wouldn't care if UK wanted to get slimy. I'm certainly not above that. But I think it needs to be like, hey, this person's got a really good end with star recruit. So if you hire him, you also are probably going to get this recruit. I think if you've got a good staff already, then you can get a little fun with that third hire. It doesn't look like Calipari's going to do that. The only name that's been thrown around is the one that Chris Fisher has mentioned. Did you see that, Roush? I, I did not, no. Was it Milt okay. Wagner? Not Milt Wagner. Oh. It's Rod Clark, who is at Tennessee. Oh, and he's buddies with Rick Barnes, so it would, that would that would make sense, being in the same kind of coaching tree, if you will. Yeah, he, he is 29. He's done a good job with their recruiting there. Um so I don't know. I don't know if Kentucky will hire him or not hire him, but Chris Fisher is saying that's the that's the name that he's hearing. So one to keep out an eye on. He's young. He's a good recruiter. It, it really would be almost like a J replacement for replacement there. You're getting a lot of the same stuff. So I, if that's the guy, we'll do more research on it and give more insight of what we think. But at the service, I, I would say, okay, that's good. And, you know, you lose an assistant. The, the trickle down, Louisville steals – a assistant from Duke. Duke steals an assistant yep. from Kentucky. Kentucky steals an assistant from Tennessee. Okay, you know it'd be kind of funny. Yeah, takes <laughs> somebody all. from Florida or something like that, and just keeps going on and on and on. But those are my thoughts on what happened this weekend. Certainly not good. I certainly don't like it. I can understand people getting upset, but I do think we need to let Calipari hire a replacement before we totally freak out and panic and you know everybody says all the things that they said on Friday and then we'll go from we'll go from there but it was not a good look I did not like it did not make me feel warm and fuzzy inside and then that's not even talking about the recruiting news over the weekend Roush well and, and I wanted to mention too because you alluded to it it was uh, what Travis Graff put out basically saying college basketball's in trouble if Jay Lucas gets to Duke and has recruiting freedom and there was a tagline that uh, I think got leaked out when Joel Justice came, like that that was mentioned in his kind of shared conversations with sources, which you can you can chalk it up a little bit to sour grapes, but when you hear it more than once, then it's like, okay, th this is fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. It feels like that the assistants want to be able to do whatever they want in recruiting. But Calipari is going to push back on that somewhat. And TJ, I, I can't can't figure if that it's a good if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Because on the one hand, Calipari is a Hall of Fame coach. He should be able to call some of the shots when recruiting basketball players to his program. But two, 
maybe maybe you give your young guys on the staff a little bit more rope when it comes to when they can offer guys uh stuff like that i don't i don't know at what point they're receiving pushback from cal like at, at what point in the process um that's happening but I, I I know that that's kind of what's being alluded to by these assistant coaches who who are much more uh, likely to talk to a Jack Pilgrim, a Travis Graff, any of these insiders than, than John Calipari is. So I think that's where I'm curious, where the line in the sand is. Because if, I, if we can find the line in the sand, then maybe we can determine if that's a good thing or not. Because ultimately, TJ... The young guys should be better at recruiting and relating to these teenagers than the 61, 63-year-old, however old Cal is. They, they just yeah. should be. And I just I, – I hope that they have enough rope to be able to do their job well. It's I mean, if you look at the recruiting when Lucas was here, he got some good guys. So it sounds like he had plenty of rope. But I wonder what would have happened if he had more. You know, that that's just kind of a uh, – that that's the part we don't know. But uh, it's it's safe to say that it is a, a gripe uh, from those a specific gripe from some of Cal's assistant coaches. Well, clearly, once Jay left, were whether it was Jay talking to some folks or a friend of Jay, somebody or hell maybe you know could have been a former UK assistant that was just giving their two cents on why somebody would have left UK for Duke, but somebody put that out there because you had multiple people kind of parroting a similar sentiment that no, it wasn't so much about money. It was more about fit. It's more about culture. It's more about freedom and flexibility. And that, that's what, like, how was he able to land so many great players at Kentucky without that recruiting freedom and flexibility? And really the only school that has had Kentucky's number in recruiting is Duke. So is, is that to suggest that Duke's the only school that gives their assistant coaches, and I'm using quotations here, recruiting flexibility and freedom? Because this, this dictatorship that Cal's running in the recruiting ranks, it's working. Right, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's not working as well as it's working at Duke. So I'm not buying that, like, Cal runs his recruiting rooms with an iron fist and there's no room for flexibility. Uh, he's had way too many good recruiters on his staff for that, I think, to be true. Now you could say, yeah, but look, something must have changed because Kenny got out, Orlando got out the first for the first time around. Sorry, had a little bug in my throat or a frog in my throat. Ribbit, ribbit. Um <laughs> So you can make a case maybe like, oh, well, look, maybe something's changed there. Uh, you got to also remember people aren't just going to spend their entire careers being an assistant coach sometimes. They want different things. They want to try something new. They can help with the resume. I don't think Kenny Payne gets the U of L job. If he did, I don't think U of L hires Kenny Payne directly from UK's bench. So well played by Kenny Payne if it was a, hey, I need to get out of UK. And then that could open up a lot more doors for me, whether it be NBA or college. Well, sure enough, it did. If that was his plan, it seemed it seemed to work. Uh, can Calipari be stubborn? Absolutely. It, we, we know that from his coaching. We know that from over 10 years of following along that he can be stubborn. I don't know exactly what it is if he's doing something that's annoying his assistants with coaching and recruiting 
I could see him saying like, hey, we're we're stingy with offers. I want the offer to mean something. So that means we're going to hold up. Like maybe, maybe Jay hated that aspect of it. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But I think it's probably a little overblown. I, I re, Just reading between the lines and taking what I know, I have a hard time believing that like Calipari is this overbearing head coach to his assistants and doesn't let them do the things they want to do. It just doesn't seem like it's based in reality. In my opinion, again, these people are hearing more stuff than I do. Maybe they maybe they can point to more specific examples, but at its surface, he, they want well, more freedom on the road. What and, the hell does that mean? And I think to put it to put it simply, to TJ, and we've kind of belabored this a little bit, but that's just because we're only hearing the assistant side of things that's being leaked to stuff. Cal doesn't talk like if Cal talked to people to explain his rationale on some of these, then it would probably make sense. I mean, he's been doing this for a while. I'm sure he has a pretty good perspective on how things go. But you're basically, if you're a recruiting insider person, you're only hearing from assistant coaches and then the kids, trainers, camps, et cetera, et cetera. So if there's something that Cal Perry does that they don't like, you're only hearing them complain about this old man. Um, so I, I think that's important to consider. But all in all, I I don't think it's uh, – it. it Kentucky's still signing really good players. So, uh, I, I mean, Jay got Casey Wallace, Damian Collins, and Ty Ty Washington. He played a significant role in the recruitment of all three of those guys. And, and so I, I don't think he had handcuffs on and he couldn't do what he wanted to do necessarily because he was still able to get his job done. So, uh, to, to I, I don't want to say put a bow on it, but I think just big picture, the, the optics, it's just going to be a rough offseason. We, we did kind of a KSR roundtable. And it was good having perspective from, you know, five different people on it. And Luckett said it well at the end of his. He was just like, man, there's just – you just can't – people aren't going to be happy about much of anything this entire offseason. And it's going to be a grind and we're going to have to trudge through it. And it's just going to suck because there you, you can't you can't erase a loss with St. Peter's with some – the closest thing you can get to that is Goster Shibai coming back. Uh, this is another chink in the armor. But – you can't you can't really do anything to knock that out unless you hire John freaking Wooden to be your assistant. Like there's just not there's not really much you can do, and I think that's what's going to make this a difficult off season for Kentucky fans and uh, especially for folks in our business. They got to talk about all of the the different stuff happening around the Big Blue Nation. That, that's where I get a little conflicted. Is part of it just feels like it, some of this is just fabricated, like the anger, the outrage, the disappointment. UK, again, is going to have a top five team heading into next season. And I say it, and I say it all the time, there will be another – maybe I'll be on radio for it, maybe I won't be. But there will be a time, UK basketball program, where UK goes through a few-year stretch where the hopes and the wishes are to win a tournament game, maybe get to the second weekend. That happens. It happens with a lot of proud programs. You can make a case too, though. Hey, Kentucky hasn't won a tournament game since 2019. So who who are you to say that we're not going through that right now? Maybe we are. Maybe we aren't. Certainly don't have the tournament results to, to hang our hat on that we all want. But we've had optimism. And we've had fun players. And we've had fun seasons with the exception of the pandemic year. Um, there will be times where we don't have any of that. And I get that this offseason has been hard. But I cannot stress enough that UK is going to have a top five team when they tip the ball to start next season. So while this has been a frustrating stretch, a long stretch, longer than we'd all like, 
I, I wish there was a little bit more perspective, and there's just not, unfortunately. There's not across media. There's not across fans. There's UK isn't trying to make things better either, so they're not. They are partially to blame in all this. And all of this compounding when it does not need to be, and it's almost like just watching a train wreck happen in slow motion. And you are trying to stop it and tell everybody that like, you can just push the brakes. You can just push the brakes. Everything's going to be all right here. And yeah. brakes, brakes are not being pushed. Um, it's but, but that's because we don't have any, like, there's not a mechanism to have a break. There's not good here, news to share. Like, here what, it is. You're going to be a top five team. You're going to have no, a chance. You, to win you, you can't. You can't just. Like, you, what do you want? What do you want more? Could a fan want? You, You're going to have a team that because is, that's 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 the that's the norm though, TJ. Like we we we're spoiled, and that needs to be understood. Is that it, like Kentucky football? The the moods are so different between the two programs, and it's hilarious because UK basketball just had a better season than UK football. And it was like the most disappointing UK basketball season of all time. And it was one of the best UK football seasons of all time. It's about perspective and it's about understanding the randomness that is the tournament in March. UK has an unbelievable setup heading into next season. That should it, luck it crying about how hard the summer is going to be. Are you kidding me? You got a top five team to cover that's going to be playing in the Bahamas in a few months. Like there, I understand. And I'm not saying it, I've never said that John Calipari is not above criticism. He is. And when you're paying somebody $9 million, you want the fan base to be happy. You're paying them to keep the waters calm, and the water's not calm. So Calipari needs to do a better job of calming the waters. And I have been so vocal about it. Talk to people. Talk to media outlets. Go on Issel and Pratt every day for all I care. If you can calm some folks down and make them feel better, that's what you need to be doing. And UK needs to do a better job of reaching out and doing that stuff. They don't, and it's it's regrettable that yeah. they do that. But the overall state of the program is not nearly close to being as doom and gloom as people want it to be. And that's just the reality of it. If UK, if we were thinking about UK not being a top 25 team next year, then all right, we got a lot to talk about. But they're not. They're going to probably be your favorites to win the national championship when it's all said and done. Yeah, that's but the thing is, though, TJ, is the headlines are just not going to start turning in your favor until you get closer to seeing basketball. I think that was the point Luckett was trying to make, is that, like, you just – are you going to get DJ Wagner to commit? Like, that's – that or Shane Sharp returning. Like, there's just not a lot of headlines that are going to make people happy. There's just going to be more headlines that make people scratch their heads. Even though that pretty much – if you're plugged in at all, you're – Hell, some people are probably happy that Keon Brooks decided to put his name into the transfer portal on Friday. There's just not minutes when you need to give Jacob you needed to give Jacob Toppin and Damian Collins more minutes. You just did. It makes sense. But for uh, like I, I had uh, a dad's fraternity brother email me out of the blue asking what's going on with the program, and he mentioned that as like a cause for concern that Keon Brooks is leaving because he's just falling from ten thousand feet and he just sees starter leaving the program. Well, that's bad. That, that, that's I think that's the overall sentiment is this offseason, we're just not going to get a whole lot of news that's going to register on people's Then we need smarter media. And this show has been all over. We've assumed Keon Brooks is gone since really even before he announced that he was putting his name into the wall. We assume that the Keon Brooks era at UK was likely coming to an end. He said it we, in this the St. Peter's press conference. He like alluded to his 
career being up and down. Like he was basically saying goodbye as soon as that game ended. And we all like Keon and we'll wish him the best wherever he ends up going or if he decides to stay in the professional route and, and go and go that way. But it was just, yeah, it was time for UK to go a different direction at the four. There's some promising options that we're all excited about. Keon did a lot of nice things at UK, never really seemed to take it to that next level that we were all hoping for. We saw that Kansas game. But that even was almost more frustrating because it was like, we don't need that every night, but we need something like that more frequently. And you didn't get it. And he was also kind of a liability defensively from time to time, which was unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, that's another piece of news. That, that's, that was nothing to me because I was not assuming he was going to be back. Right, right, right. But, but I think I, under, like, I understand why folks um... – like have cons- like the reason why p- it's going to be a rocky offseason. It's just going to. Uh, I understand folks' grievances, but I also think you can have both one and the same. Where you can be angry and upset, but also understand that this is going to be a good basketball team next year. But right now, you just we're, we're, you're weathering the storm. It's not as violent as it was after the NCAA tournament upset, but there's still some turbulent waters out there that you're going to run into from time to time. And it's just ha- having to to get through it until you get that summer experience, and we get to see this team back on a basketball court again. Um, and I think that's going to do a lot. It, kind of UK, they, they played it well last year with the summer camps tour, and I'm sure that will help some. But it's not going to have the same kind of pop like it did last year. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I understand it, and there's it just seems like any time that the the, the clouds get a little dark. People are expecting Noah's Ark to the equivalent of the storm that's coming. When in reality, yes, some of this stuff is just so annoying. A $9 million head coach should have smoother off seasons. And, and again, but some of it also is UK fans are just totally, not totally. There's a portion of UK fans that are to- totally nuts. Not talking about everybody. Um, it's conflicted. It's tough. It, it is. There's parts of it where, you're so annoyed with this stuff, but then there's TJ just reminding everybody that next season's going to be good. So how much can we really get upset about? But the roster's not done. It better not be done. We need to talk about that in hour number two because there's starting to be the people closest to the program. I'm seeing like the ever slightest pivot of, well, it's a pretty damn good roster as it's set up right now, which yeah. I don't totally disagree with, but no. I'm not going to – no, no. Don't want that. So let's go to our hour break. Yep. We got to talk more roster construction, but we got to talk NFL draft a little yep. bit more. There's other news to get to. So we'll do all those things. We got another hour. Don't go anywhere. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Okay, that's a freshly minted Hall of Famer. He's going to have his induction this fall – or summer, pardon me. Tony Baselli to kick off the third round. Southern California, Tony Baselli. All right, with the 65th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Luke Fortner, center, University of Kentucky, Duval. Uh, he's listed as a center. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X. Oh, God. 
96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Fun first hour. Where would you like to start hour number two, Roush? I think we should. We briefly mentioned the NFL draft, but I think we should kind of go into the odds and ends of it because it was a big event this weekend. Really good for three cats. Not as kind uh, to the rest of them. Uh, it all started with Wanda Robinson. He was the first to come off the board going to the New York Giants. I think it was picked 42 overall, um, you know, top 10 ish in the first or in the second round, excuse me. Uh, he'll be a New York Giant. Uh, the video of his name being called in that watch party was very cool. Uh, we already talked about Pascal earlier. He went a few picks later to the Detroit Lions. And then uh, Luke Fortner. Luke Fortner, we we heard he was a riser. Uh, after there was a point in this offseason where the Jags announced that their their center announced his retirement, and uh, Luckett and Freddie and I were on a group text, and Luckett was like, "Man, this could end up being the spot for him. You know, he could be a nice, solid presence there for Trevor Lawrence. They need some stability there. They might pick Fortner with that first pick in the third round." I talked to Fortner yesterday. He said that Vince Merrill told him the same exact thing at Pro Day, but he was like, dude, you're you're blowing smoke up my butt. So he he wasn't he wasn't expecting it when he got his phone call. Here, here's a little bit of what we talked about yesterday. Hold on, Rouse. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Gee, Justin, man. <sighs> I, we me and Rouse discussed this last night. I thought we were going with an intro, and now yeah, he but it, it makes the, more sense. We're not going with the intro. Okay. It, just, it, it just makes more sense to play it. Yeah. One second. <laughs> just there so we go. What happened when you got the call? Well, to be honest with you, like I thought, you know, talks to my agent and stuff, like, you know, there's a chance of Friday, but like probably going to be Saturday. So, like, you know, don't get too excited. But like <laughs> his words were, you know, make sure your phone's on. <laughs> um, and so when I got it, I was like, oh, fuck. Um, yeah is this is this being recorded yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah my thoughts were like oh crap like this is this is actually happening uh his he's excited and it's safe to say he he got the the good end of it where it was i'm not going to get my expectations up and it's going to be a pleasant surprise if I get my name called. He gets his name called Friday night. But one player who had to wait an extra day was Darian Kennard. DK, he slid. Whew, man, at one point, he was a fringe first, second rounder. Then the then we started to get the offseason workouts, the senior ball. And the more teams saw, I think, the more that they didn't like. And that's that, that's part of why he slid all the way to the fifth round to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, like at least it'll be a good fit in their kind of power run scheme. But it was one of those things, DJ, where Friday night I'm watching and a lot of teams, they're taking, they're, they're basically picking people at Kennard's position that do the same thing where it's, he played tackle in college, but he's probably a guard. There's a UCLA guy that I think that went to green Bay. The Bengals got somebody like that. And it was just like, Oh man, this is, this is not good. And uh, I, I think in hindsight, you know, I started talking to some folks, uh, initially, people on the internet were like, "Well, he wanted to to show his personality more, and nobody liked it. He, it that's what you get for being anti-vax, or you know, he he had the the Joe Biden shirt on. I don't think it was much as politics like uh, 
that's why he slid. But his interviews did not go well, from my understanding. Essentially, his pro day, uh, just if if teams had a conception of him, uh, a bad one, and he could prove them wrong at pro day, he, he did not. He confirmed it. So uh, basically, whatever could go wrong for Darian Kennard this offseason went wrong. And, and that's part of why he went from second-round pick to fifth-round pick by the Kansas City Chiefs. Interesting. Disappointing to hear, and but I, I think the Chiefs still are going to get a steal. Well, it, whether his personality didn't mesh with front offices or not, he's going to be an NFL player. He's too talented. He's too big mm-hmm. not to be. So I went once it was fourth round and into the fifth round, I was like, Green Bay, just I know you, you're right. They did take that UCLA guy, but – Take him. Like this is unbelievable value this late in the in the draft. This guy's gonna be a starter. Get him. But uh overall, Roush, good draft for Kentucky football, not good draft for UK football. Man, it's tough because your three guys that got picked on day two all went higher than expected, but then nobody else got picked. I mean, you had Kennard in the fifth round, but uh, Dare Rosenthal slid all the way out. I thought somebody would take a flyer on him just based on talent alone, um, but th- that didn't happen. McCall, I-, I had a feeling he wouldn't because that that the nose guard position. If you're going to get a big run stuffer, you've got to really show some stuff. And both him and Dare, I don't know who was telling them what to do, but they didn't test at the combine. Dare only did a forty. I don't know if McCall did anything. It's like what are, what are you guys doing? You got to. You gotta earn your keep, you know. You gotta you gotta show what you can do. And they just did not, they just sat out of a lot of the testing stuff. And when you're a fringe guy, people don't like it. Corker, uh, I I was hopeful that Corker might get taken, but his just his athletic numbers, you know, at that point in the draft, they're gonna take traits over uh production. And so in a, a there's a guy on Twitter that has done the best job of quantifying all of the athletic things into one. And I I just quote tweeted it recently, his RAS, his relative athletic score. And he's kind of a middle of the road safety at best. Um, But I still think that he has the, the other tools to be a a quality player. He uh, signed a free agent deal with the New York giants. Mosley's going to the Cowboys. All those undrafted guys uh, ended up finding homes, but it was unfortunate to see that nobody else got taken later. But I think all in all, you do consider it a success to get four guys to come off the board, uh, but it's just it's not as good as you hoped it could be. You thought you might be able to uh, tie your modern record like you did last year, uh, but instead a lot of guys ended up just having to ink free agency deals. I was surprised by Corker as well. I, I would have thought he would go in sixth or seventh round. Dare, what were you doing? Come on back. Find a fax machine or something. Yeah. Uh, that, that That's – it just hurt both sides of that, in my opinion. And if a, if a guy doesn't want to be in Lexington or doesn't want to play college football, then so be it. You can't force them. We say that all the time with basketball. But if you, if you didn't want to do this college lifestyle, whatever. But ah, you could have really helped yourself by another year. And you could have really helped UK, coincidentally, by another year. But not to be, uh, not to be there. Overall, yeah, it does seem like, that day two was huge for UK just to get talked about so much. And you had that tweet that UK had more players drafted up to this point than all these other schools. And then it kind of unfortunately didn't didn't finish as well as, as it could have for the Caps. But overall, so I'd say average to good draft. I don't think it's going to hurt you in the recruiting mm-hmm. trails, but no. it's 
not like Cincinnati where you had nine picks that you're going to probably put on all your recruiting pop propaganda the next the next but it didn't hurt you it didn't hurt you in the grand right, scheme right. within the conference within your recruiting rivals and stuff like that so good to average day let's briefly do this but not spend a ton of time on it 2023 UK draft class you could have Will Levis which who could be a first round pick potentially I, mean, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility if he has a big year but just Looking from uh, a eagle-eye view, what do you think about the 2023 UK draft class for the NFL? Very funny to me that folks are putting Justin Rogers at in the first round in these early mocks because they're doing the Trevor Kelsey draft analysis where he was in one of those Madden mock things early on. Uh, he was a former five-star recruit, and he plays a unique position as a run stuffer in the middle of the defensive line, but he also like he might not start. <laughs> <laughs> for his own team so i think those are very funny um but hopefully it does serve his motivation because I, th I think he's got the tools to end up being a day two pick next year uh not a first rounder but he could be he could be a day two pick if he plays like that then kentucky's going to be damn good at football next year uh i do think will levis uh i i had a friend run into uh rich scangarello over the weekend and uh coach rich big will levis fan I have a feeling Levis is going to be in the third or fourth quarterback taken right behind Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I, wow. I just, that's the kind of year I'm thinking for Levis. He's going to be a top 15 pick. I'm just – I'm got, just got that got that feeling in my bones, Teej, that it's going to be a, a, a great year. You write a post about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's what that's what I'm here for. Um, I, but I've that's part of uh, – you know, I did a little bit of work over the weekend. It's still Derby week, but we'll get we'll get that on the site later today. Uh, but I'm I'm I really think he's going to explode onto the scene. And then after that, like if Rodriguez takes care of his fumbling issues, I mean, and, and it's just steady Eddie, he can be uh, a, an NFL draft pick. Um, it depends on Upshaw. Uh, Upshaw could as well if he if he does what he needs to do. Um, you know, I, I, he he's got a lot of the stuff that that NFL draft folks like. Um, and then from there, like uh, you know, Horsey's probably going to get picked later on. I, I think if you're if you're looking big picture on what the NFL draft on how Kentucky's going to spin it and sell it this year, is just the the production at offensive line. They had a draft pick in '93, didn't have another one on the offensive line until 2013. Now you've had an NFL draft pick in four straight drafts from the offensive line, five in the last four years. That's and it's and it's from every position too. You know, it's not like you're only got tackles, you only got golf. No, like their entire front five has gotten picked in some form or fashion. So th that's what you wanted the cornerstone of your program to be under Mark Stoops. And the proof is in the pudding. I mean, like it, it's the big blue wall has lived up to the hype, both in name, on the field, at UK, and after the fact at the next level in uh, in the NFLs on Sunday. So uh, I think that's the overall grand scheme of things. That That's when you know you're healthy offensively. Is You've got some really talented guys around them, but you, big men lead the way. They do. They do, and it's been a staple of Kentucky football, and it's no surprise Kentucky's taken – major step forward as they have invested more and more in that position. And you see the payoffs on draft day. I uh, want to remind everybody that Kentucky roll call goes seven to nine Monday through Friday replay of the show nine to 11. And you can catch KRC anytime when you listen to the podcast and that podcast brought to you by cornbread hemp Roush, big week for cornbread. Yeah, hemp. It's, 
big week for Cornbread Hemp. Do it right now. Go to cornbreadhemp.com. Check out all of their products. You might see that that bomb that you can rub on those achy knees. You're going to be walking around a lot at Churchill Downs or chasing after kids at derby parties. Or maybe just give their extra strength gummies a try. It, do it now. It'll, it'll get to your house in two or three days, just in time for the derby festivities to really kick into high gear. That all organic CBD, full-spectrum CBD products, they really go a long way to help with the nagging, aches, and pains, some of that anxiety. Um, and let me tell you, those gummies really hit the spot. Uh, the day after you, you you hit it hard with the mint julep. So try cornbread hemp today. Use promo code Big X at checkout. You'll get thirty percent off. Thirty percent off at cornbreadhemp.com with the promo code Big X. Cornbreadhemp.com. Proud sponsors of the Kentucky Roll Call Podcast. You can't beat it. All right, Justin. Trivia question. I'm ready. How many Derby horses, Derby winners, do you think are, are alive? How many Kentucky Derby winners do you think are currently alive? Um, man, that's tough. Uh, let's go f- 14. Good guess. 14. Good guess. That is a good guess. I think it's around 17, right, TJ? 19. Mm. Uh, yeah. Wow, really? Uh, the oldest is my favorite horse. It was um it was it was my first my first horse as a kid, Silver Charm. Uh, Baffert's first Derby winner. Uh, he's over at Old Friends Farm. He was a pretty gray, almost like a white. I mean, he wasn't white. He wasn't gray, but he it was such a bright color. And uh, when I was a kid, uh, my dad would go. You know, he'd take he'd do his jogs, and I would ride around on the the bicycle, kind of follow him around the neighborhood. And we would always race to the finish line at home. And uh, you know, my dad would commentate it, and then there's Silver Charm coming down the stretch, and of course, I always want a Silver Charm on the bicycle. So, uh, man, oh, he he's now the oldest survivor after uh, one one of those horses passed away recently. But go yeah, go for uh, Gin and Grindstone. Grindstone. Yeah, he's 27 or 28. Silver Charm. Uh, that's a that's a that's an old age. All right, here's some of the other names just to ring some of your bells during Derby mm-hmm. Week. Taiuchi Pegasus. Oh, Fupeg. Oh, I loved when they would go, like the TV crews would go to the people at the track and ask them their horse, and they would go, they, they just couldn't say it. It was great. I remember where I was for that one. Uh, yeah, he was born in 97. He's in Versailles. Uh, you've got Funny Side. Everybody remembers Funny Side. Oh, that was a good controversy, too, where they were, did he have a buzzer on his whip to make the horse go faster? And then when Funny Side won the Preakness, the jockey, like, held his hand open. That was good. It was a good trash talk. He's in Lexington at the horse park. Smarty Jones, he's in Pennsylvania. You've got Giacomo. He's in Oregon. He's in Lexington as well. Big Brown, who could forget Big Brown? He's in New York. I wonder if he's still just ginormous. I would imagine so. Probably, yeah. Mind that birds in Texas. Man. Like the wacky trainer or owner. Uh, no, that was California Chrome that had the wacky owner. Uh, yeah. but my, mind that bird, like all time fun derby race to go back and watch. He's not even in the frame for most of the race. He's so far back. <laughs> That's a great one. But he was a, he was a gelding. So he, he did not get the, uh, life of luxury that a lot of these stallions get where they're making, you know, a hundred thousand dollars every time they get laid. So, uh, That's a good point. Yeah. Different. Yeah. Yeah, and then most of the recent ones still alive. California Chrome, he is currently in Japan. 
got a $35,000 stud fee Roush. And then we've got Orb. You remember Orb. It's in Uruguay. Yeah, Orb was the last closer to win the Derby back in 2013. Most of them have been front runners. Uruguay, man, that's surprising. Um, oh, Animal Kingdoms in Japan as well. You oh mentioned- my goodness gracious, Super Savers in Turkey? <laughs> this kind of The Lexington Herald Leader has this article about the hor- the Derby horses that are still alive and, and what they're they doing now. Yeah. Uh, that That's pretty uh, the Super Saver, just hanging out in Turkey. The um, You mentioned the Japanese horses, just... Keep a close eye on Crown Pride this week, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He is the fourth Japanese horse uh, to enter the field. And this one's going to be a front runner. He's going to set the pace. And I, I don't think he's going to hang around the entire time, but he might hang around long enough to be uh, to hit the board. We haven't had a Japanese horse hit the board yet um, in the Kentucky Derby, but they, they won a lot of races at the Breeders' Cup and at the Royal Ascot and, and at the Dubai Dirt. They, the Japanese horses have done well in the international scene as of late. So just keep an eye on that one in the Kentucky Derby this year. Okay. Uh, that I will, if you say so. Let's take our last break and come back, and the text line is beyond popping. Love it. Love That's it. Crazy. Can't wait to get to the Thornton's text line. Really wish I had some Thornton's donuts. Maybe we'll have some when we go on the backside for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Maybe El Dugan can uh, hook us up. That would be nice, and there's enough Thorntons around there. It shouldn't be an issue. I've, I've got some questions about the backside, but we'll we'll get to that a little bit later on. Thornton's text line, when we return here on Kentucky Roll Call, TJ Walker, okay. and we'll be back after this. i tell you what, it gives me great pleasure and to be selected by the Kansas City Chiefs to do this NFL pick. Without further ado, the 45th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, Kansas City Chief select Derek Kennard, Taco, Kentucky! Yes! All right! Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. One final segment of Derby Week, and this is Kentucky Roll Call. All right, so we'll be out at the track the next few days. Is that is that so? Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's the plan. Correct. Okay, so if you're out at the backside, come see us. What was that, Justin? I said I just said correct. Okay, gotcha. correct. Um, Roush, will you hang out there after we get done with the show? Maybe for a little bit, but. By the time the show ends, there's going to be like I, I think all the Derby horses are off the track by then. I think they go out at eight thirty. I'm definitely going to do some exploring around. You know, it's it's fun to take pictures of some of the the Derby horses uh, while they're getting baths, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I'll I'll definitely be doing some 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 mingling, some meandering. Yeah, I, I will not be able to tomorrow, but after that, uh, yeah, I, I could hang it around there for a little bit. It is cool just taking the sights and the sounds in the scenes and then when it's actually you're out there for derby week i i go to a derby party a buddy's house but it's kind of fun when the derby's going on being like oh yeah i was doing radio right over there the other day and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so it'll be neat um looking forward to it hope everybody that's able to get out there has a a good time uh 
Matthew Mayer, another Baylor player. Baylor's just bleeding players at this point. Entered the transfer portal. Um, he's kind of like a two-guard sort of deal, wing player. Uh, took a step back in three-point shooting this most recent season, but I think at one point two years ago on that Baylor title team, maybe shot like 42 or 43%. I don't know. I would hope Kentucky may get somebody better. But another name, I think today's the last day you can put your name in up until midnight. So uh, maybe yesterday was. I think it maybe goes till. Well, was it midnight last yeah, night? Yeah, yeah, it was the May first at midnight. Yeah, midnight last night. But the school can process the request until Tuesday. Yeah, so that makes sense. The people that that entered on Sunday, but their name won't get out till right. tomorrow. You just and had think- to have something formally. You had to let your school know your intent into the portal in paper by May first. So that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zan Payne was one, and I think a lot of us were like, "Wait, he hadn't done that already." Um, but you would expect him to join his his pop pop at mm-hmm. uh, at Louisville. Uh, but it, I, I didn't see a ton of other significant ones out there. Colin Goodfellow, the the UK punter, that was that was weird because he jumped into the portal in January and then got back out. It was seemingly on scholarship for the spring and then still was like, okay, now I'm good. So I, I, I'm not sure what all, how all that entire situation unfolded. Yeah. Um, same. Uh, same thing of the same thing. By the way, did you see that Will Levis has signed a deal with Paul Miller Ford? Yeah. And I didn't realize too that they had the thing I didn't like about the new Broncos is they all just look like, they don't look like the old ones where you can take the top off and make it a convertible. He's got one that does. I, I hadn't seen any of those. That looks awesome. Awesome. Well, good for Will Levis. Uh, got to be a tough blow for UK Pez and other car dealerships signing a nil, nil deal with an athlete. Uh, whew, tough. 502-414-1450. Let's get to this Thornton sex line. A texter says, so I'm listening to your podcast of KRC. Just to be clear, TJ, you're saying the big hiccup with Reeves was money. Wasn't the narrative 48 hours ago about how this kid didn't choose UK based on money but winning a title? Both can be true, but it seems like media narrative was much different from what was actually going on. Well, I was telling you what folks were saying with the situation. We were wondering how he could go from a UK commit to Keeneland on Saturday having a blast, and then it'd be Sunday, we didn't hear anything. Monday, we didn't hear anything. And then later Monday, we see of a list which is the opposite of commitment. That's saying, hey, I don't know where I want to go, but I know it's one of these five instead of knowing where you wanted to go. So then it came out that the reason maybe the delay was they just wanted to get some nil stuff shirt up. Hey, are we sure we're going to be able to do this and we're going to be able to do that? UK came back and said that's not going to be an issue. And then, boom, he committed. So that's that was the, the scuttlebutt on Reeves. And then supposedly yeah. the Baylor fella from yeah. South Dakota State, he he – was all about I want to improve my game to get to the next level. I want to compete for a national championship. I want to play with other great players. And then it comes out that like Creighton, Nebraska are some of his top choices, along with maybe Kansas as well. So for him, it's kind of like, okay, wait, uh, did you want to maybe win a national championship or did you want to be the guy? Because you had the quote get out from multiple people, mind you, that he didn't want to play a Kellen Grady role which is probably coming from the agent, which we were told, led to believe was a UK fan. The Kellen Grady role, you're an idiot. That's, that's a good role. <laughs> that's a harsh word, but you're an idiot if you wouldn't want your client to have that role. Or you're an idiot, no offense, if you're a player and you wouldn't want to have that role. He got basically the green light to shoot as much. He got yelled at for not shooting enough. 
He was one of the best three-point shooters in college basketball on one of the best teams in college basketball. Oh, I don't want that role. Get the hell out of here. He, he played as many minutes as pretty much anybody else on the team, not, not the the exception maybe being the national player of the freaking year. He got hurt, and things kind of went south. So that was a bad comparison. But if you don't want to be UK, that's fine. UK can can get yeah. some other – get somebody else. If you read between the lines too, TJ, that – Agent also repped Nigel Pack, who had the very public nil deal that they advertised. And I could see if, if he's looking at some of those other schools, maybe that they're more willing to do the guaranteed money yeah. kind of thing. Whereas, you know, UK, you're going to make nil money, but they're not going to just say, we're going to give you $400,000 if you sign with us. Correct. That, that's not the way they roll. They're not doing just straight pay for play. They're like, Come to UK and then you will make about that much money. But we're not guaranteeing. We're not. We're not signing guaranteed contracts here. So uh, th- that's that's me reading between the lines and sniffing the fart uh, because I I think, I think that ultimately is probably where things went awry. Yeah, I think it was kind of like, well, what can you do for me on nil? And I think Kentucky said, well, what will you? You'll get what nil what you get. Like what you bring in is what you get. And I think they probably said, well, Creighton says that they've got, they'll be, I'll be the star nil package and their big companies will all want to invest with me. And I've, I, I'm taking some major liberties in these conversations, but I think everybody probably understands mm-hmm. that. I bet Kentucky was like, well, we're not going to promise you that. If you get it, you get it. But like, we're just basically an open market. You come in, you get what you can. And maybe he wants, and I don't blame it. If somebody wants to go get more money, then go get more money. Fine by, fine by, this is a leverage stuff. Fine by me. I'm not going to hold him against that. You don't want to win a national championship. That's or that's not your top priority. Then your top priority is getting paid. That's no issue. But uh, that's the only reason you'd go to like a Creighton, though. And even I think you can make a case for Kansas because they're not going to be national championship good next season, most likely. A texture says, I'm a Dave Ramsey guy. Read the books and taking the classes currently. It can really be life changing if you look into it. Get out of debt faster and save for your future. He's a strange man, but his plan is foolproof. It's going to help me retire 10 years early. And I'm all for it. I just don't want to listen to it if I'm in a car. That's yeah, he's, he's just a little preachy. He's, he's gotten much preachier over the years and like, what's wrong with this world? Um, when in general, it's like, hey, don't, don't spend more money than you have. <laughs> Dave not- Ramsey, texter, give me, give me a, just a few quick hitters from the book. A few things that that dave would say that just to keep it on two quick things that you could express he would say pay off your smallest debts first because it's uh it's more rewarding if you feel like you're getting something accomplished and basically just like hey don't contribute to your ira if you're in retire if you're in debt put that money in getting your debt paid off because that's going to end up being it's it's good it's going to be better that way so I, I did. He calls it Dave ish, where you just kind of cherry pick some of his stuff. And that I think that's the best way to go about it. Cause, like, come on, I get credit card points. I'm going to use a freaking credit card when I get 2% cash back. It just makes sense. Just pay it off on time, you know? Stuff a texter, like that. A texture says on the Thornton's text line, we love Thornton's. You do as well. Can adults summer camp double as a swingers retreat? Million dollar idea. I think they're talking about man camp. And yeah, why not? Oh, it's uh, like Eden East. You know, the emphasis on man camp is learning some stuff. Uh, but what happens in the in the quiet hours? It's the quiet hours. Right. A texture says, is Kentucky a stepping stone coaching school now? No, I don't think so. <laughs> That's pretty funny. 
But I like a lot of a lot of pressure on Cal to on this replacement hire, though. You gotta you gotta get somebody that's gonna keep the juice going. Jay was high energy. He was very personable. He was the player's coach, if you will. Play. He was the good cop. You gotta you gotta get somebody that can kind of replace that, and that's can help on the recruiting trail. So we shall see. We'll go back and listen to hour number one if you didn't hear us talk more about that. Oh, a long one from te- uh, from Robert here. Roush, you want to take this one? Sure, I'll take it. Permission to come aboard and debate anyone regarding student loan debt. Oh, oh, okay. Until then, just because the U.S. government spent that on an unnecessary war doesn't mean they were going to turn around and hand you that in cash, my guy. You think inflation is high now? Wait till they have to print all the money to pay off all your student loans, because I hate to break it to you, the U.S. government doesn't have that cash just lying around. Also, last thing is, and I'll hang up, the reason interest rates are high on student loans as compared to other lending services is because there isn't collateral attached to that loan like there is a mortgage, as an example. Therefore, there's more risk involved in that type of lending than a traditional mortgage, hence why interest rates for student loans are typically higher. That does, make, that, does, that does make sense. I mean, you can't just loan against nothing. You could get your education and just be like, well, see ya. I'm not paying you back. And the lo- they, w- they wouldn't be able to go take your car or get something in collateral. That's an interesting, that's an interesting counter, Robert. Uh, we need to get you in the, the, the U.S military war guy talking with one another and i'll just sit back and watch that'd be a good time he said also people who haven't paid their loans i've yet are paying more than those people because of interest i guess that's how interest works right yes a texter says uh, another long one i can't stand to take that college football and basketball players are getting free housing meals education so they should be happy with that they're absolutely paying for all that and much more with their work Probably thousands of students at UK can afford to go there solely because the UK football team brings in 40 million a year. That money goes disproportionately back into education. If the football team was disbanded at any Power Five school, the university would be unsustainable. The new science building, the new Gatton scholarship for regular students are funded in a huge way by the student athletes. Interesting take. Yeah. yeah. Good point. And uh, I know it's changed since the pandemic, but there for a while, that was what UK was doing, didn't they? Or UK Athletics, to be more specific. I'm pretty sure they helped build that science building, too. Like, I think they contributed, the UK Athletics gifted some of that back to the school to be able to make that. So, yeah. Another texter says, this is a really important hire for Cal. I've hung on the Cal support train, but if he doesn't hire an up-and-coming assistant with major recruiting chops and goes with an old player or buddy, I may be done with Cal. I may not be alone in that take. I, I, you're not alone in that take. The done with Cal thing, it's kind of getting caught up on words. What are you just? Are you not going to follow along UK basketball anymore? Are you going to follow along but hope Cal doesn't win? Or you, you know, like that's why that can be kind of a complicated sentence. That being said, if he were to hire like an old college pal, yeah, that would then he's going to get crushed and rightfully so. Yeah, again, yeah. you know, we still need to see this season play out and. At the end of the day, all we want is UK to win. We don't care how much off seasons go. And that's both a positive and a negative. When I'm sitting here saying, we're going to be top five, it's okay, it's okay. People rightfully are saying, who cares? Like right now, I'm not really happy with where things are. And I and I can come back and say, well, wait till the season. It's going to be fun. And they may say, that's fine. If it is, that's great. But as of right now, I'm feeling a little disappointed. I'm not sure what to do about it. Uh, I can understand that. But he needs to make a good hire. 
no ifs, ands, or buts about it. How, how upset do you think UK Pez is that um, Will Levis got a deal, a nil deal with a car dealership? He's probably pretty triggered. I would Gosh, imagine. I just can't imagine. This tech yeah. song is going to be brutal. But guys, is Derek and Arnold like, we said it, it was with the it was with a dealership. I said it wouldn't be with the manufacturer. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Texter says, is Darian Kennard's draft fall due to his opinions on COVID and how he talked about his Trump support? So what was he thinking talking about politics? Because everyone is overly sensitive nowadays. I think, I don't, all right, so TJ, I don't think that's why he fell. But I do think there is just something, you know, he had a quote about, I wanted people to get to know me more. You know, let them get to know you after they pay you a couple million bucks. Like, I I, I, I don't know why in the pre-draft process, because that's where it hurt him. It wasn't his production on the field, even though, there were some concerns about pass pro. He just didn't do well in the interviewing process. And some of that uh, I, I, is I, like, dude, just this is the last thing you've got to check. And if you're giving people a reason to believe that you're a headache, even though you'd never caused any headaches while you were at Kentucky, were you a little different than some of the other guys on the offensive line? Sure. But you weren't ever causing a problem or division within the locker room. So why are you letting, why are you saying things and doing things that let people believe that you might do that in the NFL? That was the part that I, I, I really just wish uh, wouldn't have happened because I like Darian. I think he's a, a good guy who has good intentions. He's going to have different beliefs than a lot of us, but so what? It's not going to cause an actual problem. And I think, he, he just let NFL officials think that that might cause a problem. And that's why he ultimately slid as far as he did. Yeah, I think at that age, and I certainly would have been in a similar boat, you, you think that like being yourself is speaking freely, and it is to some degree, but you can also understand that you can kind of be yourself and still play the game a little bit. Uh, maybe he should have like played the game uh, to get paid, kind of what you mentioned maybe a little bit better, but I think he should just go the, um, oh, I didn't get drafted because of my personal beliefs route and then make it a big stink and be like, well, you know, look at look at me. If I didn't think this way, you all would have drafted me higher. You're getting sued, buddy. You're getting, you're getting sued. Um, no, in reality, it probably was. These draft picks are valuable. We want to make sure we're checking the boxes we want. We know this kid's super talented. If he's going to maybe be a headache, we can just move on to somebody else. And maybe that's as simple as it was. But he's going to be really good, as I mentioned, in hour one. I don't think he'll be a headache. And mm -hmm. I think he's got great value for a really talented player. Uh, but I'm also pretty biased towards Kentucky guys. A texter says, I mean, holy Moses Malone, does Kentucky football produce or what? Draft picks left and right. So this was probably during that Saturday shring or the Friday shring, I should say. Oh, man, that was nice. Real nice car. Very happy for those guys. Um, I, I, this, we've got a, a tweet in the text line, and when when folks do this, I get very confused. So it doesn't work very well for us. Oh, I don't I don't see the tweet into the text line. Uh, oh, our guy oh, Matt Sack got you. I, yeah. Um, it says Matt Sack hits the nail on the head. I, I'm not sure. bro. And I, you know, sending in the tweets kind of a pain in the butt. But the tweet was basically. Did UK lose Jay Lucas because of assistant coach freedom and flexibility, a.k.a. maybe UK waits too long to offer a player? And, again... I don't think they really... They, they've changed that, though. I, 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 love, I love Matt Sack, but, like, you, none of this... Uh, Do they wait too long to offer Reed Shepard? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. recruiting I mean, was fine. And then people started to freak out when they saw that the tide was starting to change on the Baylor Shireman Sh- Sh- fella. And then people wanted to be like, well, the way UK does the portal. What? No. Like, UK recruiting as a whole is where it used to be an A+. plus. Now it's an A. And if you really want to be shrick, maybe you could send it over to an A-. minus. The way UK does the transfer portal, it's always been an A+. plus. I still think it'd be an A+. plus. They almost always get the guy they want in the transfer portal with a few exceptions. There's a few exceptions of a guy that they targeted in on, circled, said, we want you, and we'll get you. The bigger issue with the transfer portal is, have they settled too early? Did they wait too long? Did they prioritize the wrong player? Did they pick the wrong guy? And even in that, for the most part, they do a good job. Olivier Saar, they needed they needed a more powerful five. Um, and Cal should have let him float a little more than he should. It took him too long in that regard. But they almost always get who they want. So to think that they need to make changes, that word change, if I didn't hear, if I never heard that word again, I'd be a happy man. But mm-hmm. the fact that people think they need to make changes in the recruiting, the portal, that's just that's just not based in reality. UK knows what they're doing recruiting-wise. And I love Matt Sack. He nails it 100% of the time. But this may be the – maybe it's 99% of the time. I don't I don't agree that UK waits too long to offer people. That's not why Duke's getting recruits over UK. It's just that's not a, that's not based in reality. Texture says, Colin Goodfellow transferring. How can this day get any worse? But all seriousness, this is why I wouldn't wish being a UK fan on anyone. It's such a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, but if you're getting worked up about a punter transferring, you need to take a step back from your fandom and how you're much you're letting it, your your emotions getting to you. And I know that you're not saying that particularly, Texter, but uh, good luck, Colin. It, Wish was, you a, it, was, a, it was a busy Friday night, though. Uh, I was not expecting so much news to be happening. It was expecting draft, but a lot of other stuff. Uh, do you know uh, why Colin said he was transferring, then didn't transfer, and then is transferring? Um, so part of it, I know that uh, – they were basically, will Wilson Barry get his stuff together or not? Um, that that was part of it. It, it, it. One of the two had to go, and I guess they're thinking Wilson Barry got his stuff in line. So that I think that had more to do about Wilson Barry than it did Goodfellow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did Kennard not do well in the combat? Thought preseason he had first round potential and then he was second round lock and one of the best offensive linemen in the sec yeah no it was it, he had a bad senior bowl um he still wanted to be a tackle and he solidified his spot as a guard at the senior bowl it wasn't very good uh a texture says if our starting lineup is wheeler wallace livingston Toppin, and oscar we won't be winning at all that's 65 percent free throw team 30 percent from three with no spacing for oscar to work down low hate being depressing but man it's not looking good yeah, yeah I don't. It's not looking good. How about we don't play the stupid lineup that you put out there, buddy? Then maybe <laughs> it'll look a little bit better. Yes, I agree. We shouldn't play a roster that is that would have the shooting deficiencies that that one would. And it's almost like you could put in a forty-seven percent three-point shooter at that three position, and oh my yeah. gosh, look how much better it looks, buddy. Or, or a thirty-nine percent one. I mean, you're you're putting your the, your shooters on the, the bench. It's just so annoying. Like because it's just like. You you know you're smart enough to to open a phone, operate it successfully, text in our number, text in a well constructed couple of sentences, all things considered, and still not take that extra step to know that we're exactly going to say you have a 47 percent free throw three point shooter on the bench. You have Antonio Reeves who was what 42 percent. 
uh, an average on 18 points per game. So you just pick the worst starter. You pick the worst shooters, put them all out there in the lineup and said, well, that's not going to be good. That's pretty funny. Let's also Ooh. look at the national player of the year. You have a top 10 pick. Maybe you have a first round pick or maybe you have two top 10 picks in Livingston. You have a all-conference guard and you've got Jacob Toppin who's got as much potential as anybody in the country. It's just the way people want to spin stuff. And I'm sorry, Texter, that you the, the world has gotten you down so much that you've taken such a negative approach on all this. You're not alone in it, unfortunately. But, like, what a what a crock. What a crock of a text. Mm-hmm. Seifer, headed to work conference in Vegas today. Vegas won't have a ton of free time. But what are some must-dos when heading to the Strip? Will only be there 72 hours. Not a huge gambler. Only really dabble in sports. We weird as it is, one of the things I'm most looking forward to is a great buffet. Tell me I'm not alone in this. The buffets are a little overrated. I hate to break it to you. Uh, but generally, you kind of forget to eat in Vegas. So when you see one, you get like super wide-eyed and excited about it. So you'll enjoy it. Just it's like buffet food, all things considered. I, I uh... go to the Rio buffet. The the one the buffet in the Rio. It's a seafood buffet. You will not be disappointed. See. That, that's where I think, Justin, the value is, is getting the seafood, where you can get the crab legs and lobster tails, stuff that's normally an arm and a leg by itself. You can just get the, the all-you-can-eat buffet and really scarf it down. I think a lot of what you'll do, buddy, is just, like, you'll walk around and you'll look at a bunch of different stuff, and you'll check out places, and, like, you'll walk through the Venetian and stuff like that. I would want to do one of those wild shows. Maybe not a Cirque du Soleil, but something like that that you can really only get in Vegas. Absolutely. Um, Highly recommend. I've recommended it to the other person that went out there. Weed's legal out there, too, so you could just, like, pop a gummy and walk the strip and probably have a great time. But uh, you'll figure some stuff out. Conrad Johansson here. Yeah. $14 beers at Churchill Saturday night. Talk about a deal. You were getting the the expensive ones then. You weren't getting the $12 Bud Lights. Yeah, 12 bucks a pop for a beer derby week. So uh, I didn't realize Matthew Mayer was six foot nine. So he's more of like a four three than a two three. So my 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 B on the Baylor transfer that I mentioned earlier. $14 $14 beer is ridiculous. I had a buddy that went out there Saturday night. He said the parking was a nightmare. He said the beer prices were outlandish. Opening night sucks. For, $17 for a mint julep or a lily is just highway robbery. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially when it's like pre-mixed stuff. Like it's, yeah. I I am, I'm, I'm very, I get people's fatigue with it um, and not wanting to go to the track. I love it. But I, I I am over opening night though. I I don't I don't think I'll because you go to a regular night race, you know, three weeks later, and you don't they don't charge thirty dollars to get in. They charge you know six seven dollars for a beer instead of twice that. So yeah, I, I I'm out on going to opening night, uh, even though it's a great idea. The fact that they don't give locals a break at all is just it's it's a bunch of bullcrap. It really is. A texter says, the student loan forgiveness conversation reminded me of my favorite political quote. The left holds us individually responsible for nothing, but collectively responsible for everything. I'm sure that won't ruffle any feathers. Have a great show. (laughs) Fellas, long time no talk. Fresh off a six-month order, and I'm glad you all are part of my morning routine again. Hope all is well, and a big old second to Roush. Yeah. Hey, glad to have you back, Levi. I'm sure... uh... You're busy. Glad you got back safe and sad from your six-month orders, and uh, all is well. So, welcome back. Welcome back. A texture says, "How much money do you guys usually bet on the Derby?" Whew. The one, the the individual race, or yeah. 
I think they're talking the individual race. So a five horse tri box is like thirty bucks if you do a fifty center. I always do one of those. I'll probably do fifty and fifty on a horse that I really like, and then I'll have something crazy. Do a double. So yeah, it's usually a couple hundred bucks on that race, and then a bunch of other multi race stuff leading into the Derby. Like the Oaks, you got to bet the. I was I was kicking myself in the ass last year because I I messed up and forgot to bet the Oaks Derby double. That's usually a pretty easy one to hit, although not always the most profitable. But yeah, I I, I spend a good amount of coin uh, wagering the ponies. But the thing is, if you do it right, you're probably gonna get some of it back and. I also am just rolling over all of my March Madness money. So it's it's not real money, TJ, if it's just money you've already won gambling on other sports. Yeah, I'm probably anywhere 50 to 100 bucks. I've uh, only won twice on the Derby where I've had, like, nice paydays. So it is what it is. A texture says, John here. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, I did not see the Jay Lucas news coming. When it rains, it pours. I agree the next few weeks will be big for Cal and hope we steady the ship and continue course to a championship gold. Hey, who's your favorite? pick on your team in the NFL draft. I was really intrigued by Kansas City picking Sky Moore at 54. I really believe Sky will flourish flourish Mahomes with Mahomes. Got to go talk to you later. Wow, nothing from Kennard from John. Um, wow. I loved – we talked about it on Friday. I loved – I like the first-round picks for Green Bay. And then they traded up for that wide receiver. We'll see. I'm not I, – I, you're going to need to get somebody more impactful for this upcoming season. You can't have Sammy Watkins be your number one. But – uh, they will. I'm kind of confident they'll figure something out. Even if it goes into the season, there'll be a buyer. So uh, overall, was was happy with Green Bay's draft. But I don't. My my opinion on that is virtually worthless. I don't know anything more than pretty much anybody else in that regard. Texter on the Thornton's text line says, <laughs> "How do you know we are going to have a top five team?" Um, and I just really wanted to get to this because it's just you have the national player of the year, the guy who was third in assists at point guard. Mm-hmm. And two McDonald's All Americans coming in, and then the next texture immediately just just takes it as a given. Yes, we will have a top five team this year. The work has already been d- put in to build that season for the most part. The loss of Lucas is more concerning for the next season and the next, which yeah, I, it could, it could I, I agree with. Yeah, it could be, but you got to see who Kentucky brings in. Yeah. Uh, so you know, maybe you can offset some of those losses. Um, yeah, those are kind of funny back-to-back texts. On a positive <laughs> note, Keon's gone. Let top and fly, baby. Hop and top entire year. Toppin'. I'm excited about that. Ain't no stopping. Jacob topping. Developing that jumper, too. And then I've got a buddy who's like, if UK, just with Collins and Toppin, if they just could, like, stage their jumps on put-back dunks, and then if you even had Oscar there, but, you know, that's three bigs. But then how would any other team – like, every missed shot for UK would be an awesome thing for UK because they just get the rebound. And if you had like a shrieking Toppin on one end and then a shrieking Collins on the other and they timed it right on the rebound, boom. How are you not getting every rebound? Man, cats are going to be good. Gonna be, it's going to be fun. We just – one more player, one more shooter, mm-hmm. one more shooter, one, one more shooter. Where's uh, the dream t- game this year and what is your prognostication for the line? The dream so, game will be at – Yeah. I, is it? Yes, 100%. Okay. 100%. Because it, it got canceled last year, and I forgot where it was going to be. It's going to be at UK. Okay. Uh, U, UL is going to lose by 100, and now mm-hmm. they'll lose again, but it may be like by 20 instead. Right. A text says, Kirby, agree to disagree, Terry, about basketball having better year than football. Well, again, you got to keep it kind of within like perspectives, but I think quite literally UK basketball finished ranked higher than UK football did. Um, 
football that, that yeah. was the whole point, Kirby. Not like breaking sure for program standards, UK football had a much better season. Um, bowl win gets 10 wins. Basketball team didn't win the SEC or the SEC tournament or game in the tournament. If we don't win the Citrus Bowl, we don't have the same juice this offseason. If we run to the Elite Eight or lose a heartbreak in the Sweet 16 or win the SEC, it's a totally different situation of feeling. I totally, Kirby, I agree with you that like the feelings are different and the situations are different. But that was kind of like my overall point is we let's try to ideally be more positive with basketball, but I do get with the J stuff. The J stuff was probably more so than almost anything else that had happened. I could understand the, the doom and gloom for a brief moment, but I think you meant the geist of it, the, the geist of it. Situation. Yeah. Oh, we got a TC from Lexington text. Oh, Hey TC. I think you both make good argument about the perception of next season. I agree with TJ that being a top five team, but we're one injury away from another Noel season. Here with Nick, where my thing is, other than Oscar coming back, we've had absolutely nothing to get up about other than an unranked point guard on campus. We'll probably get, and an Illinois State transfer. Just difficult to adjust from where we have been. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to – TC, you feel the way that you feel. You're a smart guy. Um, I disagree about one injury away from the Noel. Like who? If Oscar went down, I still – I think Kentucky's still certainly a tournament team. But let, let me throw another positive at you, TC. Cason Wallace is like – his hype is getting so out of control now. We need to start looking at him and like a De'Aaron Fox, John yeah. Wall. We need to think of him in that tier. Yeah, that's I think exciting. he's like, – That's yeah, sweet. Yeah. We, are, that's, we may have the best guard or one of the better guards in the Calipari era on this year's team. That's worth getting excited about. I get it. Losing Jay sucks, especially to Duke. But until, until I start to think that UK is just going to stink heading into a season, I'm not going to be as – triggered as some some are just personal yeah uh this ties into friday's show and scoots nil take at my job oh, we yes. take classes and tests to get some of our raises going from level one to five i've been here uh, six years and did all my tests a few years ago five percent raise each, each time recently our company decided to raise its starting pay and increase those class raises from five to ten percent meaning new employees can be making more than me within two years significantly more than me in the long run kind of comparable to the long situation so justin am i whining about my pay like you say some of these athletes are there's one big difference texter and it was a hell of an effort i'll give you that but you're not, and I'm going to use air quotes, interning for a bigger job. You're, the job you have is where you're at. You don't have the NBA hanging over your head. So that's where I'll go with that. I think what he would maybe respond back to that, though, is like, what, 1% of college basketball players get to go play in the NBA? Maybe well, I mean, and, and, and if I'm in his situation, I'm complaining about my money. No, no doubt about it. So that was, that was a good text. What's what's this horse doing in Japan? Horse anime? <laughs> Texture says, good thing Brad got scooped up last week before Lucas left. Oh, man. You want to talk about some outrage if well, Brad would have been promoted? <laughs> you, you want to know the thing, though, is that, like, had UK won the championship this past yeah. season, uh-huh. I would not doubt in the slightest. If- <laughs> I wouldn't either. And the thing is, like, could we really get – like, we could think it was not good, not a good move, or we could think that it was not going to be best for UK in the long run, but could we really get all that mad about it? Like, if that that's the thing, is when Calipari had goodwill built up, I think he made probably some poor decisions that he either didn't think, think through all the way or just didn't care, just thought it was rolling so much it wouldn't matter. And then eventually I think some of those bad things caught up to him in the grand scheme of things. Kentucky still – it would any pro not any program. I hate that I can't say that anymore. But 
all but probably like two programs would would still want to change spots with UK, maybe three. Um, Got to get back to it. But he, he, he I, I don't doubt that that could have been a, a, a real thing that happened. Kennard didn't do well in interviews. Saturday were his ultimate interviews. He was never an issue at Kentucky. You've never, you're never going to convince me that the first team SEC talent dropped because he didn't talk well in interviews. Sorry, Texter, that's just not how the world works. Like it, it used to be. Um, Todd McShay had a quote last week. It used to be seventy thirty uh, tape versus what you do in your interviews and your athletic traits and your testing at your combine. Now it's the opposite. And it's either 70-30 or 60-40. But now people put more stock into how well you run and stuff like that versus how well you perform. That's why Nicobe Dean, granted, there are some injury concerns there, but Nicobe Dean fell to the third round, and he was the best player on the best defense in the history of college football. It's it, they picked a, The Falcons picked a dude for Montana State because he tested well. Like, that, that, that's, that's, not how, that's not the world we live in now with the NFL texture. Uh, I don't mean to be harsh, but they just they operate under a different set of rules now, and that's and that's why Canard. Uh, he, he even though he did well at the University of Kentucky, all time great consensus All American. Uh, that's why he slid and went in the NFL draft. It happens. It happens. All right, uh, everybody, have a great Monday. We will be live from the backside tomorrow, seven a.m. I'm sure we probably didn't get to some things today. It's been a really busy show. Thanks for all the text. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you on Tuesday. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Oh, big wow. Dick Roush and Justin King. 15% concentrated power of will. 5% pleasure. 50% pain.